This episode is brought to you by members of the You Run Podcast Network, Dewey Podmonster, Movies for Days, Pop Culture Reflections, Voices from the Mausoleum, You Gonna Eat That Crust, Video Tasties, The Ghoulish Gallery, The Girl and the Gay Podcast, The Horror Friendly Podcast, and The Aardvark and the Magic Moshi Do Red Dwarf. All available at yourunpodcast.com. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, sir. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Uh, have you seen what's just been announced, the news that literally just come out two minutes ago all over social media? No. Should I have okay. done? Yeah, there are aliens kidnapping men with giant cocks. And, I mean, you're <laughs> fine, but I just want you to know that if I'm not here next week, that's the reason. Oh, I was so confused why you were starting the show so differently. No, I <laughs> thought well. you would be. <laughs> what a knobhead. Hey, well, everyone. So you run podcast. So you run podcast. You want to die tonight? Scott, I think you know who the fuck this is that's talking. Cancel Mark. I was terribly offended. Because after all, this is not our show. This is your show. Hello and welcome to an Out of This World episode of Horror Movie Review. I'm really proud of my opening this week. Yeah, I'm proud of you for that one. That was that was impressive. Well done. You caught me <laughs> off guard there. Uh, this is the Intergalactic Division of the You Run Podcast. My name is Scott. My name is Mark. And every Monday we review a movie picked by you or a new release if the mood so takes us, which we haven't done this year yet. We will. We, we will do yes. so. Uh, you can get involved in future episodes and interactive features by following us at yourunpodcast.com or at yourunpodcast on any of the social media channels. Uh, if you don't know what the interactive features are, you'll work it out as we go through this episode. They're pretty, they're pretty apparent when, when yeah. they happen. Um, for top-notch movie reviews and video collector content you need to follow mark um that's vhs from the crypt or reviews from the crypt and he is on instagram only because he is very vanilla when it comes to his social media tastes it's not that i'm vanilla i just don't have time man i haven't posted a review in ages because i've just been so busy with real world problems um but i will get back to you all i promise i promise it is all coming i do still watch and i do still review i just haven't posted anything because i've just been too busy but the review page uh, the vhs page is very active yeah it's very very active and you say you haven't got time but you had time earlier in the day to send me this <laughs> oh brilliant that without context is a very strange photo <laughs> it is like that was just sent to me randomly by mark um <laughs> It wasn't random. It wasn't, it, I promise. It completely was random. And if anyone's not watching on YouTube, now is the time to go and look at what I just showed Mark. Um, and if you missed it first time, it was a blink and a miss it. I'm going to show you it again. It was that. <laughs> to be fair, though, considering the kind of photos we usually send to each other, that's pretty tame. <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> One day I'm just going to leak the group chat. <laughs> Could you I'll, imagine? Le I'll leak the group chat in like a reel. <laughs> just scroll through. <laughs> the thing um, is, as well, though, we have some very strange conversations in that group chat, and most of them are usually started by Heather. This is very, very true. And occasionally it will go down the, I don't know, we'll go for an hour of just referring to you as different various types of daddy. 
This is very true, but I kind of like that a lot. <laughs> I know you do. Um, <laughs> you can also send us an email, yourunpodcast at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail by recording at audio DM wherever social media will allow that. Uh, we've not had a message for a little while. Um, so if you want to say hi, you can um, go to any DM. And if there's a microphone button there, push it, hold it down, and we'll play it on the air and we'll talk about it and maybe mock you or maybe you'll mock us. But hey, it'll be fun. Uh, if you enjoy the show, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple and make sure you click like and subscribe if you are watching on YouTube. Today is Horny Week. And this is not the first horny week we have had either. Um, <laughs> we've done a couple of these. And we give you a selection of sexy horror movies to choose from. There was Jennifer's Body. There was Pearl. There was Hellraiser. And to my surprise, you didn't pick any of these. Instead, you picked a movie I was convinced was going out in the first round. Yeah, I'm really surprised by this. I thought we were going to do Pearl as soon as I saw the poll. I was like, oh. Here we go. Because we did X the last time, I think, did we not for yeah. sexy horror? Um, yeah. <clears throat> so I thought, oh, well, we'll just get Pearl, which would have been a nice continuation. Yeah, and that's what I thought to the point that I'd made the episode cover for Pearl. <laughs> so if we get Pearl in the future, I've already done it. It's ready. You've been in X, the next like six months worth of polls. You can guarantee Pearl's going to be in it just because you've made the effort already. Because <laughs> I've, I've, I've done the work now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I had a look today uh, before we recorded. I, I went on to Spotify and I had a look. I searched for this movie and review. There's like no podcast that has covered this. I'm like, so surprised by that as well because it's such an iconic 90s movie. Yeah, it, it's bizarre. Uh, today we're off to 1995 to look at dating pre-Tinder. A supermodel alien tries to get her groove on as a mismatched team of scientists and psychics try to put her down. It's a who's who of famous people before they were famous. Not that anyone would notice because of this. I want to see your titty breasts. Can you please pull them out? And if you follow my request, I was trying to put the connection for Pokemon together, then I had no idea where that was going. That well, it went there. Um, there are more boobs in this than any movie I've seen that's come out in the 90s. This is the most heavily boobed 90s movie of all time. Yep. Um let's not beat around the boobies. Let's get straight in. It's um it's species <laughs> from 1995. In January, the message an extraterrestrial source was picked up at the Parks Observatory in Australia. A new sequence of DNA, friendly instructions on how to combine it with ours. This growth is amazing. The decision was made to terminate the experiment. We have a serious emergency on our hands. I want a team to track her. Hunt her down. You created a monster. Now you want us to kill it. We decided to make it female so that it would be more docile <laughs> and controllable. More docile and controllable. Huh? <laughs> I guess you guys don't get out much. She wants to have a baby. 
She'll kill anyone that gets in her way. I wouldn't hurt you. Yes, you would. I just don't know it yet. She'd have a dozen babies. She could lay a thousand eggs. Something's wrong. Awesome. Today's episode is going to be awesome, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, We've had another eviction from our scoring team. Um, So Google has been kicked off the scoring team. Why? Because Google has changed the way it does its scoring and is now pulling information from lots of other sites and giving us an average. Oh, right. Okay. So it's not Google score anymore. So Google score has been replaced with Gladys score. Oh, for fuck's sake. Gladys isn't going to talk. Why is she coming back? She's not talking. She's not here. She's just given a score that I will share. Yeah, she is like becoming my number one enemy now, along with Eric. (laughs) We need an episode where Eric and Gladys take you on in a quiz. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine the level of rage I would (laughs) protrude from that? Um, So the listeners have scored this a four out of five. The Letterboxd has scored this a 2.7 out of five. Where do you think Gladys went? Um, <clears throat> maybe a 3.5? No, Gladys went straight in with a 4 out of 5. Gladys loved this. Good for Gladys. Took Gladys ages to get a response as well on this. I think she actually went and watched it <laughs> while I waited. <laughs> uh, if you've never listened before, we are a spoiler-heavy show, and here is your spoiler warning. Okay, I'm going to explain this shit to you like you're five. Get your eyes checked. Read the damn episode title. I don't want to hear any bitching, any complaining about how, oh, there's spoilers. No, read it. If you've not seen it, do not listen. Thanks, Heather. Uh, This episode is going to be wild. I'm pre-warning you now. It always is when we get horny week. Also, make sure you stick around for the returning game of "Mm, that's not my porno. Surely we've exasperated. I think that's the right word. That game by now. uh, No, I think this game could go on forever. Um, What do you think, Deadpool? (laughs) Oh, that's not Deadpool. What do you think, Deadpool? Wrong audio cue. (laughs) I'm touching myself tonight. (laughs) Man, you're on fire with your magic buttons tonight, aren't you? Yeah, I am. I got really when I saw what when I watched this movie, I literally went, "Oh, I've got lots of sound drops I could use for this." <laughs> uh, we open on a night sky, and for some unknown reason, the entire cast being introduced in alphabetical order. It was so odd. Yeah, but that was always a thing, was it not? Not a, it used to be a cast in order of appearance. But like this is alphabetical order. It's like Alfred Molina's first, and then it like works its way through. In like <clears throat> even like extra cast, like it was like it wasn't just the main cast in alphabetical order. It was all of them. It was weird. apart from Natasha Hendrich because she comes in as introducing at the end. Yes, she does. She she deserves special credit for this movie. 
we also get some exposition saying that this is in writing on the screen, saying that in 1974, we reached out for, to extraterrestrial life in the stars, sending messages into space. Um, I'm burning a fun fact really early. That is actually based on fact. So in 1974, a research station in Puerto Rico sent out exactly what they said they did in this movie, copies of our DNA, various other things, and beamed that out into space. And some of the graphics they use in this movie is actually the graphics of the images and stuff that we beamed into space. It looks like the graphics from a Sega Mega Drive. It was 1974. I know, but come on. We're talking <laughs> NASA here. Yeah, well, that's what NASA had in 1974. Wow. Yeah, but we actually done that as a species. We sent our DNA into space. But when they did that in the movie, I was like, that is the most stupid thing I've ever known anyone do. Yeah, and it's based on real-life events that actually happened. It's like, here is a list, a big cookbook of how to attack us and what our weak points are. It it is literally a, this is how we're made up. Have all the information about us, even though we don't know if you're friendly, if you're not friendly, it'll be fine. Someone in NASA sat there and went, it'll be all right, just do it. Oh, look, these people are made up of like 90% water. I tell you what, let's just chuck a huge giant humidifier on their planet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We then cut to a research facility where we see Ben Kingsley and some other government ages watching a small blonde girl in a glass containment cell. Um, The set design is great. I love the set design of this Mm. movie, especially this facility. Um, we see two other officials in full hazmat suits and they plug in canisters of cyanide with a single tear rolling down his cheek. Ben Kingsley gives the nod for them to to begin, begin, begin the murder of this poor innocent girl. His act is great. It's very, very wonky, isn't it, in this? <laughs> just a tad. <laughs> it's not necessarily wonky, it's just very hammy. And like we know, it's uh, Ben Kingsley. He's an awesome actor. He's been in some amazing roles in his career. But like to see him play something so almost comic book level character in this, it's just it, it's hilarious. It's Hammy to the level he gave in Iron Man Three. Hammy, yes, which was intentionally Hammy. Yeah, the, this I think has to be as well, because like the single tear, and then it comes back to him a little bit later, and you can see the strain in his eyes as he's trying <laughs> to force another one. Yeah. <laughs> um, after what is enough cyanide to kill an entire army goes into this little box, the girl dives head first through the glass and escapes the facility. And yep. this movie does not take a single breath from this moment until the end. I know, it's brilliant. I'm going to say it now. I think the pacing for this film, although it's an hour and 50, an hour and 45, I think it's paced fantastically. It's a very relentless movie. Yeah, it literally doesn't stop. It's like, bang, let's have this, let's have this, let's have this, boob, let's have this, let's have this, more boobs, let's have this, let's have this, more boobs. <laughs> but the thing is, as well, though, it's not like it's pure action all the way through. Even the sections of dialogue and character development throughout are all done exceptionally well that you're constantly engaged in the progression of the plot it's, it's very well crafted i think in terms of the the story narrative yeah yeah that that sounded very professional for this movie that this I've this is had a... like one or two beers so give me, give me <laughs> 10 15 minutes <laughs> yeah okay that's fine <laughs> um with the young girl on the loose uh kingsley assembles earth's mightiest heroes 
He doesn't, but that's exactly what this feels like. <laughs> um, he gets Doc Ock, who's Alfred. Yes, Miller. I was going to say, because it doesn't look like Doc Ock at all. This guy looks great when he was younger. Yeah. Uh, Catherine Willows from CSI, um, who's Mark. I knew I recognised her. Marg Hellenberger. Uh, Big Harold from Platoon, uh, Forrest Whitaker. And Mr. Yep. Blonde from Reservoir Dogs, Mr. Michael Madsen. Yes. Um, my God, the casting director deserves a big pat on the back and a really strong drink for assembling that cast. Yeah, it's really good because, as well, the thing is with all these characters, they don't all necessarily work well together on paper. If you look no. at all of their careers and their filmographies and stuff that they've done, to have them select four people, including Ben Kingsley Five, as an ensemble, it just doesn't seem like it would work at all. But it's no. great. I, I I love it. I love their dynamic. Um, each of them have a particular set of skills. Um, so Melina is a paleontologist. Uh, Hel I can't pronounce her name. Is it Helgenberger? Helgenberger is a molecular biologist. Whitaker is an empath, which means he can, I don't know, he feels things very strongly. Is that an empath? Yeah, you see, I have a bit of an issue with his character because there's a lot of stuff that he says, which is very psychic grounded in science and almost believability um obviously he's very understanding of feelings and emotions and stuff like that which is perfect i would have just taken that but it's later on in the film where he starts touching concrete and can feel people's <laughs> presence i was like fuck <laughs> off man <laughs> use the force whitaker use the yeah force. he becomes a jedi about 30 40 minutes into this film which just annoyed me uh, and then you've got michael Batson, who's just played his character from Reservoir Dogs. He's just a government hitman. He's great. Yeah, he's the same in every single movie. I don't think I've seen him play anything different. And I don't think I'd want to either. No, no. Like, in fact, yeah, you're right. No. Like if if I put on a film and he was playing like a deadpan, really serious, like depressed character, I'd be like, "Where's your gun? Come on, what? Yeah. Do something. Don't yeah. don't be Rubber that. Bank. Don't be that. Guy. Shoot him. Yeah. Don't, don't be that guy. Cut his ear off. <laughs> <laughs> it always uh, blows my mind that his sister's Virginia every time I watch the Candyman I'm like there he's even saying to me that that is Michael Madsen's sister yeah um, Kingsley now lays out the plot and full backstory and this is done beautifully so he's briefing his team and in doing this gives us all the information we need in like six minutes so yeah. he explains that they sent out the transmission to space he explains they got two replies the first was a, a formula for renewable energy that will make fossil fuels, fuels obsolete in like 10 years. And the second was an alien DNA and detailed instructions on how to combine it with ours. Which was really cool. Like I like the idea that they didn't just go with the whole, oh, let's just go and invade the planet or let's just send a, a rocket alien down or anything like that. They sent information and it's the humans at fault. It's us who then created the problem. Yeah, because scientists are scientists and they went, oh, that's a good idea. They've told us how we confuse this unknown alien spe species with our own. Let's do yeah. that. Um, they make six embryos. Oh, no, they made eight embryos. They No, sorry, six. And then they froze a further two. So they had eight in total. So five of the experiments died except one, which is the young girl in the box. And there's two that they put on ice that come into play a little bit later. Um, this is where we find out the little girl is called Syl. 
And he also explains that she was having nightmares. And when she was doing that, her body was morphing in weird ways. And that's what gave them the decision to put her down. And the visual effects where she's getting like the lumps and stuff come out of her still look great. Yeah, there's a lot of the CGI in this that looks fantastic. But again, there's a lot of it that doesn't. (laughs) You mean when we get to the Green Goblin at the end? Yeah, yeah. But again, I have great stuff to say about that when we get to it. Um, Yeah, this is interesting when they decide to kill her because the thing is as well, they don't just do it out of fear. They they have a solid explanation as to why. It's not like, oh, she's getting too carried away. Let's put her down. They say, look, we're going to terminate this one so we can then go off and study more and understand it better before we try again. Yeah. Considering the, like, the level of, intelligence you need to watch this kind of alien who wants to have sex with humans kind of movie they go above and beyond the point of needing to with this film i think with explaining everything and making it very digestible for the audience yeah but but, like everything in this movie is extra and over the top like all of the explanation all of the performances like they added so much more that honestly they could have stripped 30 minutes out of this film and I still would have walked away just as happy as I was with what they gave me. I would have done a seed. But the thing is as well, the 30 minutes out of there, it's, it's great. There's nothing that needs pulling out of it, but there is a lot you could strip back. You are right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, don't take any of it out. Uh, there's one attention to detail you saying about things that they, they've done extra that I loved in this. And this is us watching Sill learn. So when she first gets out, she's trying to get to a train. She's trying to get away from the facility. And we watch her in a shop and she's watching people pay for goods and services. And she understands that that's how you obtain things. You need this magical paper and these magical cards. And that's how you get stuff. And then when she gets on the train, she goes up to like the concession stand thing and she breaks the drawer showing how strong she is, which is cool, but she takes all the money. And it's just that they show you that she learned that. It wasn't a case of she instantly knew she needed money. They show that step of learning. And I thought yeah. that was cool. And they do it throughout the movie as well. They do do it throughout the movie as well. And there's one of the best moments where they do do it, which is so brief. And I'm curious to know if you picked up on it, but we'll get to it when we get there. Okay. I'm curious now because I think I picked up on most of them, whether it's right, in... Okay. Yeah, we'll see. It's an obvious one, so I'd be surprised if you didn't, of all um, people. Once the train, uh, once on the train, she she gets all the money, like I said, um, and then she goes and sits in a carriage, and the ticket conductor comes round and says, tickets, please, and she buys a ticket. And the conductor's the first person who's actually been nice to her. But yeah, it's, she was it's really a, sweet as well. Really sweet, like, are oh, you travelling on your own? And Syl doesn't talk at this point. She just sort of nods she's like are you meeting grown-ups when you get to the other end and she nods like okay well i'll come back and check on you later uh we see ill sill eat lots of chocolate pudding and a banana like sideways on with the skin on that made me gag Uh, when she bit into the banana with the skin off like oh my god that's like eating leather that's uh, honestly i literally went (laughs) when she done that (laughs) (laughs) i've got a real thing of like fruits with skins on have you yeah, please don't tell me you're a grown man who peels an apple. No, I eat an apple like a normal human being, but I've seen no, people who, like, I know someone who will eat an orange with the skin on. No, why mm. would you do that? It's just wrong. I mean, can you do that? 
Yeah, I've seen. Well, it's not the orange. They, they, someone who, when we worked in the office, used to work in the office. They'd eat a satsuma, just literally bite into a satsuma, eat the skin, the lot. Do monkeys peel bananas? I don't think monkeys do. I, I, I don't know. Someone needs to let us know. Do monkeys peel bananas? <laughs> this is the depth we've got to with our show now. Do I don't monkeys... know why that came to me. I just yeah. thought. We, we don't want to know anything about movies, anything about your life. Just tell us, do monkeys peel bananas? Because we're too lazy to go Google it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Syl has a nightmare on the train um, where she dreams of having sex with another alien. I'm assuming she's one alien and the other alien's another alien. And she freaks out completely and like rushes into the bathroom. And then we get these... I don't know. Ninety CGI tentacles. I'm not not a fan of these. No, this was a little bit rough, to be honest with you. Um, I I remember watching this movie back in the day, and I never ever questioned any of the effects in it. I always thought this was amazing, like top tier level stuff. And I imagine yeah. on its release, it probably was. But again, now, nearly twenty years later, it's it's well, nearly thirty years later, it's a bit sort of questionable in places yeah but, but it's it is not that years bad old. it's not that bad is it i mean we've just done shite ned or four <laughs> let's be honest there's elements of this movie that look a hell of a lot better than that <laughs> yeah and to be fair for a movie of its age the the effects throughout are great like th- this yeah. i i remember watching this when it came out and this was like mind-blowingly good so yeah, it's it's not it's not bad. Don't you think it's really strange now when you go back and watch films like this from like the nineties and stuff, and you're like, wow, that looks terrible. But at the time, you would never have the same perspective on how bad that actually looked. It just shows how far technology has come since then, because that was groundbreaking stuff. When you go yeah, from and- playing Sonic the Hedgehog to then watching this on a film, you're like, whoa, that is amazing. Yeah, and the thing is, it's like I remember playing all the original Tomb Raider games and they've just remastered them. And if you watch the original versus the remastered side by side, I remember the first time I played Tomb Raider being like, it's like watching a real woman like do handstands. Yeah, this yeah. is incredible. And now I look at it and it's like, it's a blocky, like dodgy stick <laughs> character with pointy boobs. Do you think in those situations your imagination just takes over and connects the dots? I think it must. Like, are we going to look back now in like another 20 years time at PlayStation 5 graphics and be like, look at the state of that? Do you know there's a high chance we will, which I think is quite amusing. That's insane to me. Because we were at the same stage now we were in 1995, looking back and thinking, this is the best it's going to get. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Well, um, the conductor comes back to check on Syl like she said she would. Um, and instead of finding Syl, she finds a cocoon in the bathroom. Um, the cocoon swallows her, is the best way I can describe it. It opens up and it swallows her in. Um, shortly after this, Syl emerges from the cocoon as a fully grown woman with impeccable boobs. I have to say, her <laughs> boobs are incredible. Yeah, Natasha Hendridge is is a goddess, man. Yeah, she's she's amazing. Oh. Very beautiful woman. It's not I'm surprising to me that. that she would want to showcase that. No, I uh, like it. Yeah, stunning. Absolutely stunning. And this is not me objectifying a woman. 
it might be a little bit but this <laughs> was designed for that purpose <laughs> hey man uh, there's nothing wrong with showing a bit of appreciation no, I agree. Uh, this begin, begins a game of cat and mouse with Syl and our team of wannabe heroes. And the way they do this is so much fun. So, like, she gets off the train and she's taken the conductor's costume. And as she gets off the train, they arrive and they completely miss her because she, now she's an adult. And I love this. Like, they're always one step behind. And when they're yeah. in this train car and they're like, shit we're in LA and Ben Kingsley's like why is that an issue it's like in LA you can't be too weird she can go out and do the weirdest shit on the streets of LA and that will be deemed as normal no one will question it yeah. we've got a problem and, and then Ben I, Kingsley has the cringiest lines ever of like the battle will be won in California or something like that <laughs> oh god <laughs> I forgot he said that yeah he does <laughs> Um, (laughs) they realize obviously now she's out and about and that they think she looks different because she's come out of a cocoon that they've got no leads and they don't have a lead until sill uses the conductor's credit card now sill used this to check into a motel and i like the i like it she goes and checks in goes into her room then comes back down to the front desk and goes i need a man you see the guy at the front desk, like almost like straighten himself up, and oh, then realize, yeah. and then realizes actually, no, I don't stand a hope in hell. There's a club down the road. Go try there. Yeah, yeah just look for the long queue. So you didn't pick up on the thing that I was going to explain then. So <clears throat> when she checks into the hotel, the first thing she does when she walks in the room is turn on the TV. <clears throat> this brief twenty-second montage as she's flicking through the telly foreshadows the entire plot of the film. And basically gives her her plan for crashing the car, which she sees the car roll down the hill in a movie. She then flicks a channel. She sees her some woman dyeing her hair, changing it to a different colour. And yeah. there's one more after that, which I can't remember what it is now for life. I wish I'd have written it down. I know this movie inside out, so I didn't take any notes for this episode. But there was another one that has relevance as well to the end of the film. But it basically, as the film progresses, it follows the exact plot of the brief montage of commercials she watches as she checks into the hotel room. It's really That's clever. That's really cool. And so and brief. I, I, didn't, I did miss that, <clears throat> completely missed it. And I've seen this film loads of times. Yeah, it's really cool. I, I've seen it a million times, and it was only this time watching the movie and actually paying attention for the purpose of the show that I picked up on it. And I was like, that's amazing. How have I never noticed that before? And it is literally plot thread by plot thread as she's flicking through the channels of what happens at the end of the film. That's really cool. I like that. I do like that. Um, I When I watched this, I looked at it through a modern day lens. And if a girl went down to a reception of a hotel or a motel now and said, I need to find a man, the scene we would get now would be him explaining to her how to download Tinder. <laughs> yeah, he that is literally how it would be. <laughs> exactly how it would be. Um, <laughs> at the club, Sill starts talking to a man and another woman kind of like bursts in front of her and like kind of steals the man from out underneath her. And then Sill follows her to the bathroom. And this is another instant where she learns. So the woman apologizes and says, well, sorry, all's fair in love and war. And then she goes into one of the stalls. Sill leaves the club only to return by her alien hand 
bursting through the wall and ripping this woman's spine out. Very cool. All practical really as well. Looked great. Like yeah. this this movie when they do practical is an advocate of why ad- practical is always best. Uh, Especially when you see the two contrasting against each other. Like, yeah. Why don't you just do that all the way through? That was awesome. Exactly. Um, Sil pull, pulls another guy in the club and asks him to take her home. And again, this is where the team are always one step behind. So as she's outside in a car, the team have arrived because they've been to the motel. They've spoken to the guy. He's been sent. He sent them down to the club. They burst in. They find the body as Sil and this man are driving away in the convertible BMW. Yeah. Yeah. Which always one step behind. Which is really cool because I had that BMW in the, the early 2000s. Not that car. I had that one. Are you a car man? You strike me as the type of person who's like into cars. Uh, no, I'm I'm not really. When I was younger, I was a little bit more. So I had a, a, a convertible BMW, bright red, in race car red. Like your I, pride and joy. It, it was. And then I blew the head gasket on it and then it cost me a fortune and then I blew the head gasket on again and yeah. I've never understood it. I've never understood this whole petrol head side of life. Like I get cars, I crash cars, I get a new car, I then crash that car and then I get a new car until I got a van, which vans are like bricks. And yes, yeah. turns out you can't really crash a van because people are scared to drive near you on the road. You can pull out at any junction and people think I'm not going to drive into that. But the same for me because I now drive a big truck. Oh, yeah, of course you do, yeah. Yeah, but no, I was never into cars, man. Even when I was younger and all my friends were, like, pimping them out and putting, like, spoilers and lights on them. No, no I, I never done... crashing them into trees and shit. Yeah, I never done any of that. I, The one thing I do have with cars, I've got a real obsession with convertibles. I love a convertible car. God, dude, don't be that guy. That's like a no. proper midlife crisis level. See, See, I'm aware at the age I am now, Having a convertible car now is very cliche. So when I met Lisa 10 years ago, I had a convertible two-seater sport car, <laughs> which I got rid of as I got a little bit older. But the, the, no, the age is irrelevant in that. Convertibles are not cool. <laughs> like, I like Convertible I, cars. When I see people driving down the road and they've got like a convertible and they're doing like 50 miles an hour and their gums are flapping against their ears, I'm like, dude, just get a car with a roof. Like, you, you're in a car to drive from here to B, not to look like you do. Yeah, well, I, I liked them. Anyway, we're moving on because this seems like it's getting personal against me now. Um, uh, this guy takes Sil to his house, and he seems like a nice guy to start with. And he's like, oh, this is my house. And he's got, like, clap-on lights and clap-on music. And he goes, I'm going to go and get a shower. And Sil follows him and has a little bit of a sneak peek. And then they have a kiss, and it's at this point that Syl pulls away, and she's like, you need to take me back to the club. And this guy is an asshole, Rapey dude. Really rapey dude. He grabs her by the neck and says, well, you knew what you were coming here for. This is happening. And no means no, people. And that doesn't matter if it's before, during, or at the moment you're about to finish if a girl says no you stop immediately that's the, the thing rule. is as well he knows no means no because he even says oh i hear you're saying no but this is happening i'm like oh you're an asshole you've got long yeah. hair you greasy little fuck yeah 
But Syl makes it all okay because Syl's like, okay, yeah, fine, we'll do this. And she kisses him and she uses her tongue to poke a hole through the back of his head. I was like, Alien yeah, nod. good for you. It was, yeah. I Literally what I put here, chest buster, but with a tongue in the head. Yeah, and the thing is as well, there's quite a lot of alien nods in this, not only in the design, but especially in the closing act where she's up in the pipeworks and stuff, but it's actually H.R. Geiger who did the design work for this, who did the design for the Xenomorph in the Alien franchise. So yeah. The parallels between the two were very, very similar. Yeah, it, the creature design at the end is, I don't know. It's a Xenomorph with boobs. Yeah, if, if Xenomorph and the Green Goblin had a female baby, that's what would that's what this yeah. is. But obviously, if you know it's not an alien ripoff, it's the same designer who made the alien franchise what it yeah. is today. <laughs> um, while this is all going on, uh, Madsen and Hel Hel I will get it Helgenberger um, have arrived at the, the the club, and they're interrogating bouncers, and they basically said, "Look, we think that this guy may have left with her," and they basically rush up to the house, and. As again, as they get there, Scylla's gone, and it's yeah, this. Just. I love, I love the like they they almost get her every single time, but they're just like in this instance, they're what seconds behind her. And that's the thing. Every single time it happens, it's almost as if they are gaining on her slowly because the distance between catching up with her. So like on the train, there was like a couple of hours behind. Then in the club, there was like half an hour behind this instance they're like seconds behind yeah and sil takes his car and she drives it until it runs out of fuel and i like the fact that she's so confused it's like it's got no fuel in it but like yeah, it just, I just stopped want to circle she... back to the house again before we move on because one thing that i think is really important to mention is why she pulled away from the rapey dude when madsen and kleinenbergen turned up at the house I do. Is that even right? I just went, it's, I just it's, went it's, it's not, but it's, it's close enough. Burger. It's there. Something burger turned up at the house. They find that there was a reason why he was dead because they find out they haven't had sex. He's still got his pants on, all the rest of it. <clears throat> it's like there's got to be a reason why this didn't go through because she had all the time in the world. They discovered that the guy is diabetic and he's taking yeah. insulin shots. So therefore, he wasn't a fit match. So the reason why she pulled away from him in the first place was because he wasn't top tier specimen if you will for reproduction because yeah. that's the purpose of our game right now is she's trying mm. to reproduce so what you're saying is that sill is like every other woman if it's not top tier they're not interested <laughs> i don't necessarily know if that's the case a lot of people have to settle these days yeah, um... <laughs> lisa definitely settled like way way down the way down the flagpole <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant but yeah i just thought that was a really really cool thing that they did that they didn't have to do again it didn't need to be in included in this movie to go that deep with its plot you know it could have just been oh she didn't fancy it she wanted to leave no but yeah. they went there and they give reason why which backed up the story backed up the mythology of her character and i just thought it's a really cool thing to do yeah and the other thing i thought was really cool is they realize at this point that they now have no leads They've got nowhere to go. So they head back to the lab to come up with a better plan. And their better plan is not a better plan in my head. No. No. Like, as soon as they like, said it, I was like, really? That's what you like, want to do right now? They're like, well, we've got the DNA and this stuff grows really, really quick. So why don't we just grow like a pure alien with no human DNA and see what it is and work out how to kill it? 
And as soon as they said, it's like, no, I don't no. do that. No, uh, but they do. And this is the most the thing thing without actually being the thing I've ever seen put to screen. It's weird as well. Yeah, like the whole setup of how they get Madsen and Hamburger in there is... Well, it's not just that, though, because they're trying to inject it into an ovum, which is a female ovum, and the whole point of it is to create a purebred alien. Yeah. But they're not. They're doing they're replicating the exact same thing that they did in the first place, which is created the hybrid sill, which is by injecting it into a female ovum, a human ovum. Yeah. Ovum. I don't know why I'm adding an M on the end of that. To create this thing so then again they're just replicating still it's just going to be the same thing unless i missed something and it wasn't a human over i, I, I don't know i don't know no that, i that i, I think it was i got from it <clears throat> yeah I, I think it was just that was just the only thing they knew they could do with it um yeah. but like when they're doing this you're watching the it being injected into the egg and they're watching it through a camera and then the camera fails and this was the device to get people into the room because hamburg is like oh this happens all the time in my lab i know how to fix it I need. I just need someone to help me. And Michael Madsen's like, "Well, I'll come. I'll help you." Yeah. And like, as they do it, they change it, and this thing's already been inseminated, and it just grows, literally like the thing, like just jumps out of the test tube or out of the what's it called petri dish. Yeah, and, and they, I just didn't understand tr- the rapid motion of it growing like it did either. <clears> like it didn't grow. Like we see the bath of sill early on, and they show footage from Ben Kingsley showing them the 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 sonogram stuff where you see the rapid growth of the baby and it grows exactly yeah. the same way that a human baby does. So unless I'm missing something with this not being injected into a human ovary, I don't know. It yeah, just seems I'd... a very odd path for it to evolve the way it did. Yeah, and it turns into, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a, I don't know, like a tentacle monster thing that yeah. just whips around the floor. It's a little bit like a face hugger without legs. Yeah, it's weird. It's that's what I mean. It just it's weird. Like I needed more context to the science behind it, which again I know we've said throughout this movie review already. It's like this film doesn't need it, but because it's provided it so well throughout, when we get to something like this but, that doesn't have it, it just doesn't make sense. But this movie didn't need this scene at all because it doesn't add anything to it. They don't achieve anything from this. So Kingsley locks them in there, and Madsen makes like a makeshift flamethrower to try and kill it. And it's actually um, Forrest Whitaker's character who lets them out because he's an empath and he can feel their pain. Yeah. And then they torch, and then they torch the entire room, but they didn't gain anything from this. And there was no payoff. So like when they come out, Ben Kings is like, I'm really sorry, but you understand, right? And Michael Madison's like, yeah, no worries. Like he wasn't angry. And again, there was no like, oh, there was an importance of keeping them trapped in this room. There's like, we can't let you out. We can't let you out. When really they just opened the door, they ran out. They didn't stick them in any sort of quarantine. It was just a case of, oh, well, you're out now. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. Now. Didn't get it, it. I think it was May. I think the only way to really take anything away from this scene is to, is the fact that Ben Kingsley is willing to do anything in order to keep this thing contained. I think that's yeah. what it was trying to pre- present to us as an, as an audience. Unfortunately, in my opinion, I just think this scene in particular was probably the most poorly executed in the entire movie. It didn't yeah. really have enough to it. No, and didn't need to be here. Like you could take this out and the movie still flows perfectly. Agreed. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's like a side quest. It's like a side mission in a video game, this bit. 
But it very much feels like that as well. You pull away from everything that's flowing at such a consistent pace throughout to then take a complete step back to where we started in a laboratory sort of thing. And it just, it was just jarring. As cool as it was, without context, the whole scene is very tense. Don't get me wrong. It builds in a very well sort of way to a point where you're like, oh shit, are they going to get out? Are they actually going to kill them? Obviously we know they're not going to because we've just watched the trailer and we've seen the entire plot of the movie. But... (laughs) The point is, it's like it does hold that level of impact in this scene. It's not, I'm not taking anything away from the scene in particular. It works very well. But when you take a deep dive into it and try and dissect it with its purpose within the plot, it feels very out of place. Yeah, it does. Um, what happens next, I think, is really clever. So, in Syl's attempts to kind of get away from the team, she ends up getting hit by a car and she gets knocked through like a bus stop and she's knocked unconscious. And a nice man in a convertible car, because nice men drive convertible cars in red, um, stops <laughs> and takes her to the emergency room. Doesn't call 911, literally picks her up, puts him in, puts her in his car like some sort of trophy and drives her to the hospital. I know this is insane. This woman got projected through a bus stop, literally yeah. thrown through a bus stop. The perfect thing to do would be like, do not move the body, put her in recovery position in case she's broke her back or anything like that, if we touch her, you're only going to make it worse. No, he picks her up like he's the bodyguard and yeah. walks her to his shiny red Corvette and drives her to the hospital. I'm like, what a douche. Uh, and he's got long then, curly hair for her as well. I'm like, oh, you're a prick. And even worse, when he gets there, like the woman behind the, the reception is like, has she got insurance? He's like, oh, just stick it on my credit card for now. I was like, oh, you're yeah. such a dick. Oh, oh God. I feel like uh, the careless scene... whisper should have been playing behind him as he walks through the door. <laughs> the, the scene where her shoulder repairs itself in front of the doctor is really cool, though. Mm. Yeah, again, yeah. CGI at its finest, especially from 1995. This looked fantastic. And I think if I'd seen this in a movie today, 2024, still yeah. would have looked great to me. I would not have questioned it in the slightest. Yeah, and his reaction is really funny as well. Because he's like, holy shit, holy shit. Oh my god! And then another nurse like, we've just had a child burn victim come in. He's like, what, what, what? And like, as he's distracted, Syl just gets up and walks out. And as she walks out, she collects the man with the red Corvette and goes, "You gotta take me home." And he's like, um, "Did the doctor say you could leave?" She's like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, they were fine. It's a miracle." Okay, let's it's, go. <laughs> let's go. And he drives her up to his nice big house in the hills of LA. And his house is awesome. Looks lovely. It's a very, very cool house. And it's called um, the villa. Yeah. Um, Syl is on her mission to get some human dick. Um, she's trying really hard. Um, and The thing so, is, as well, she's amazing. I don't understand why she's struggling so much. No, no I really don't. So <laughs> while, the, while she's gone to the house, the team have now got the information from the hospital, and they know it's this guy, and they're trying to call his house to get hold of him, and they're driving up there as well. Now, his phone rings and he wants to get out of the hot tub where he is, I don't know, it's the most unrealistic thing in the world. He's got the hottest woman in the world naked in a hot tub who's frantically trying to remove his swimming shorts. There are only two reasons you get out of that hot tub. One is if you're married and your wife just got home. And two is if you're not into hot women. That is the only reason. A knock at the door, a phone ringing. Fuck, people breaking into your house and firing weapons around is not enough reason to get out of that hot tub. 
also him saying no let's take it slow is absolute oh, I know. I bullshit like, i'm not buying this i am not buying this i'm a man i know this situation would unfold very differently for me i i i would be dead but it oh, would yeah. be a great great way to go what a way to go <laughs> i'd have been smiling at the end <laughs> Um, I'm anyway. just trying to be so careful what I say on this episode. <laughs> uh, I've thrown caution to the wind ages ago. Oh, okay. You can take the hit for both of us then. Yeah, I, I think it's only fair. How about you, Deadpool? Oh, I'm touching myself tonight. <laughs> anyway, the team arrive as she's about to get her way. And the way she silences him, because he goes to call out for help, and she like uses the tentacle that goes straight down his neck, and it comes from her boob. Brilliant. I didn't get this. I was like, "Why is that going?" She's I, trying to... I, I've had sex before. I know how it works. That doesn't seem like it. That's how it works. <laughs> no, no. Um, and she inadvertently kills him. She doesn't mean to kill him here. Like this isn't a pure accident. She wants to mate with this guy. He's like the perfect specimen, but. Yeah. Needs master. She, she needed him. him. She needed him to be quiet, so she drowned him. Um, she makes a run for it, but she doesn't have time to get her clothes off, so she runs away naked. Um, she stops in the bushes, and we see her looking through a fence. Where we see her eye change from human to alien, and then back to human. Um, and she's admiring Michael Madsen, and she is not the first woman to do that. I don't get it. What the Michael Madsen thing? He's a hunky dude. How can you not get it? Is he, though? I think so. Like, I know loads of council workers that look and talk exactly like Michael Madsen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, She eventually gets into a stranger's car, stark bollock naked, and asks a lady driver for help. Um, I I don't know what I'd do if a woman got in my car completely naked and went, please help me. I'd be like, "Um, um, get out, I think. I think I'd be looking for help myself. Like, yeah, I swear, I, I swear I didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, like literally hands would be up so like people could see my hands that I'm not doing anything I shouldn't be. Um, now, the team have no leads at this point. Like she's got away again. And Ben Kingsley said they're going to go and scope out the club in case she returns. Syl is super smart. And we see yeah. her dye her hair. And she's got the lady who helped her tied up captive in her house now so she doesn't die her yet does she not die it now no she dies it later on okay she dies it later on before she goes to the yes she does they think she's dead and this is where she goes to the lady whose car she got into the back of her house yeah she she cuts her thumb off the motion yeah yeah this is where she sets a plan in motion she cuts her thumb off she cuts the other lady's thumb off she put, but you don't know. It's really see, clever uh, how it's done as yeah, well because you see, don't realize I thought, how it's going to work. Yeah. See, I thought she cut her thumb off, and then we watch it grow back, which still looked okay. And then yeah. she cut hers off. I thought she was trying to work out if human thumbs grew back. No, no. This is the plan she set in motion from the TV advert she saw when she was in the room at the hotel. So what she does yeah. is she cuts the lady's thumb off. She cuts her own thumb off. She throws the lady's thumb in the trash, puts her in the car, and then she drives off to the club. Once she gets to the club, while they're all there trying to renaissance again to try and find her, she inadvertently picks herself on display. She's like, here I am. 
and showcases herself. So they have this car chase, which ensues. She's got the lady who's who she jumped in the car with earlier, like the seat laid back so nobody else can see her, that they think she's in the car on her own. They have yeah. a high-speed pursuit. She's got the back filled with like gasoline or petrol, petrol or whatever yeah. you want to call it, all across the back seat. She takes a certain route, which she knows exactly where she's going to go. She jumps out of the vehicle as it's rolling down the hill with the thumb, discards the thumb, the car crashes, they find the body, well, they don't find the body, but the woman who was in the car had a thumb decapitated. They find the thumb, the DNA tests the thumb, and they think it's her. They think they killed her, and that's it. Game over. Really, really clever. Yeah. Considering really? she's only been alive two weeks, she's doing all right for herself. She's doing really all right for herself. Well, it depends how you look at it. She's had um, three or four failed relationships, and she's murdered a few people, but beyond that, she's doing fine. <laughs> Give her another month, mate. She might have more marriages than you. <laughs> uh, this is where she dyes her hair so the team are basically ben kingsley goes this is it we've done it it's a success i'm going to put you all up at a hotel we can all have some drinks it's gonna be great fun and they're at like this hotel that's got a bar and one of the things i thought was really funny in here is forrest whitaker's character doesn't drink at all he's like i do not drink alcohol it's not my thing it's against my religion and um, Doc Ock is buying him Long Island iced teas. He's like, I love tea. This tea's amazing. It's <laughs> like, and he's just absolutely smashed. And I found that really funny. Yeah, really cool. Really cool. I like Forrest Whitaker's character in this a lot. I just think he's they set him up to be a very cool character, but then they just lose him along the way, I found. Yeah, use the force, Whitaker. He's pretty... Yeah. Like he, every crime scene, and I've deliberately not focused on it because it it doesn't sound good. But like every crime scene he goes to, he's like, "Oh, I feel something bad's happened here." And there's like a body laid on the floor, like missing. A, <laughs> something bad's happened here. I can feel it. And like they all look at him, like really. And it, but the it, annoying thing is, they set him up really cool at the beginning to sort of like understand emotions and things like that. And when they're playing back the CCTV footage of Sil as a kid in these cage and things, he's. He's almost feeling, and you can see him tearing up inside because he's relating to the emotion she's displaying. I'm like, that's amazing, like because that's digestible. Like yeah. I understand that. I understand that people can be that educated in human emotion to understand it on that certain level. But then when it just gets to this sort of point in the movie where it's just like closes his eyes and sticks his hand out like he's me, <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the fact that Michael Madsen character is convinced Seal's not dead. He doesn't buy this at all. He's like, this doesn't stack up. Yeah. It was too easy. And he even like mistakenly grabs a woman in this hotel thinking it's Seal. Um, Helen Berger goes to the bathroom and like she's about to go to bed. She's like, I'm just going to go to the toilet. And she goes to the toilet and she bumps into Sill, who's now got her hair dyed a different colour, and even lends Sill some of her perfume. It's yeah, so just... she can smell like this was really cool as well because she lends the perfume to smell like hair because Madsen's got a thing for hamburger. Yeah. So he's like, oh, let me have some of your perfume so I can smell like you. And then, yeah. Yeah. Another and it's all plot it, progression that didn't need. Yeah. And it works really well as well because they, they leave and Helen Berger goes up and then Madsen's like, well, I'm going to call it a night, boys. And he gets in the lift and Sil gets in with him. And when he gets, when Sil gets in, he goes, Oh, your perfume's really nice. She's like, oh, thank you. And he goes into the bedroom. On the, he gets to the floor. He goes into the bedroom. And him and Hamburger just unleash their desires. 
How erotic was this, by the way? Like, like another level, like another level of realism. So, like, they take their clothes <laughs> off, and like she drops straight to her knees. I was like, "Wow, I've never seen that in a movie before." Okay, I, I know. And even to now, I was like, the insinuation of what's going on here is just so at the forefront. I was like, surely this is not okay for a studio production to be presenting this like it is in a cinema. Because it, it's, it's like a, it's like stand up and you just see his legs like bowed like that over the screen and just her face popping through as she pulls yeah. his boxes down. You're like, well, she's gobbling. Yeah, it, it's the thing is, it's a really realistic adaptation of how that would have gone down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, not like romantic or caressing. No. It's just clumsy and fumbling. And yeah, yeah, cool, man. It was really cool the way it played out. I liked uh, it a lot. Melina, on the other hand, is failing miserably. And like he tries chatting up two girls downstairs, and then they've got boyfriends, and he gives up and he goes up to bed. Uh, when he gets up there, Doc Ock has won the sex lottery. Uh, he's met by Syl, who's in his room, and she wants to mate with him. And we get yeah. some full front, full frontal nudity cowgirl riding. Uh, I appreciate this scene, but I imagine I appreciate this scene nowhere near as much as Alfred Melina did when this was filmed. That was the only thing in my mind when I was watching it. I was like, you must be living the dream. Do you know one thing that always makes me really, really curious about movies like this? When you see scenes play out like they do. This is going to sound weird, but I'm going to go with it anyway. Like, for me, if I was in that situation, I would find it extremely difficult not to be aroused by it. I'd have a raging hard on. That's exactly what I was trying to say, but in a much subtler way. <laughs> Without a shadow of a doubt, I wouldn't be able to help it. It would just, it just that that thing operates independently of me. So, like in that moment, as an actor, how does your brain operate to not have that occur, or do you have the conversation with the actress beforehand and say, "Look, I'm sorry, but this is just going to happen. Like, please know that I'm." I, I, how would you even come across I, presenting that I, conversation? I, I think you'd have to have the conversation of like, look, you're a really, really, really attractive woman. You're going to be naked on me and you're going to be grinding on my, I know it's on my belly. However, that is going to have an effect and something is going to poke you in your lower back. I'm really sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly though. Like uh, the whole time, I see it all the time in sex scenes in movies. I'm like, that has got to have happened in that moment. There is no way. Yeah. And people are like, yeah, but it's different, man. You've got like 30 crew members stood around watching you. I couldn't give a shit how many people were stood there. Yeah, that that's that's uncontrolled. I could be in a stadium and I'm pretty sure that would still happen. I, I don't <laughs> think it's something I've got that much ability to stop that happening. It just in it's a stadium. Just... My mind would take <laughs> over thinking everyone was cheering for me. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, though, like all guys know this. Like, we'll wake up in the morning and it's there. We're like, we, we've not had a dream. We've not done anything. It's just got up to like have a look around. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it like have a mind it's got, of its own. It genuinely yeah. does. Maybe it's got a bit hot and it's lifted the covers to get a bit of airflow. <laughs> <laughs> um, Whitaker goes up to his room as well, and this is where he goes full on Neo. He lays there and he goes. Hmm, I have a feeling. And like he knows Sill is there and he goes and knocks for Madsen and Hamburger. No, he touches and... the door of his hotel room. Oh, and he, he, he like touches... gets the sense and he is full near. You can feel yeah. it through the door. I'm like, see what I mean? You've killed a great character here. Yeah, and then he goes and wakes up Madsen and Hellenberger. 
who come out and they all kind of like burst into Doc Ock's bedroom and find he's dead as she dive like breaks through the wall and she is full green goblin at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also conspiracy theory, Melina didn't die here. He went on to become a great scientist in the Spider-Man universe. <laughs> These that movies are linked. Make me nothing happier to know that that was the case. Very bitter <laughs> because Mad Michelson killed his children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Seal goes to hide in the basement and the others go in pursuit. Um, oh, I don't know. When we get to the basement, nipple tentacles and alien birth is what we get now. Um, Mark, do you want to take us through like kind of how this goes down in the basement? Because at this point, I'm like almost like sensory overload. It's like she's giving birth. Why are there tentacles coming out of her nipples? Why is he trying to use the force? Why is there a fully grown child there? Like this all just blew my mind because it happens in like eight seconds. It does, yeah. It's very, it's very weird. And again, they put Forrest Whitaker's character to the test because they say she's gone this way, and then Ben Kings is like, "You're full of shit. You know nothing. I'm going this way, and you're coming with me." To which point he dies immediately. So that's Ben Kingsley's yeah. character's gone. There's some really cool scenes here. Again, it's very this this scene in particular is very contrasting of the Alien franchise. You get a lot of like deep water stuff where she's swimming through the water rapidly fast, and then she's hiding in pipe work and in shadows, and she looks like a xenomorph. Basically, she yeah. does look like a xenomorph with boots. And how convenient is this set in the basement? So they've got like a raised platform, and underneath it they've got deep water, and then above it they've got pipe work. It's like the most contrived set and that doesn't exist in any basement of any hotel anywhere on the planet <laughs> no not one with a cave as well so no. after kingsley's dead they find this cave entrance they go into the cave entrance all of them and this is where sill gives birth the birthing scene is actually really really cool because sill is in we get sill in a full prosthetic outfit yeah. at this point and there's some really really cool practical effects of her body opening and Things like that, and it looks fantastic. You get full alien nipple erection scenes. Not that that's a turn on, but it, the practical effects work that's used to do it look really, really cool. Um, and she gives birth <clears throat> to a baby boy. Yeah, um, and also that chamber's full of oil as well, which again is really convenient. They find a cave. That, that's... Is that is that oil? Because that's what yeah, I was curious about. I didn't know if it was. Right. Yeah, it's so, oil. They say I thought it was oil. maybe his flamethrower that had caught. No, right. that, that's that's oil. So that's a, an entire lake of oil just where she happened to give birth. Why there hasn't been a war over this hotel, I have no idea. <laughs> um, it's already in the United States. They know about it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the Russians are coming, guys. Um, <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, so Forrest Whitaker's character, he finds the alien thing. This is really, really cool. We see the kid take out a rat which again the cgi involved it's okay at this point it looks great but then we get him stood on top of the cliff face and he starts growing these tentacles and this mohawk of spikes forms on his head yeah and then he darts back forest whitaker falls and then it comes and it's like a full cgi species xenomorph Thing. alien with like a baby's face did you see like the half baby <laughs> face thing that it had i was like that is creepy as shit i thought this looked really really cool and forest whitaker throws it into the oil behind him is 
flamethrower falls into it, catching fire, which now creates like a death pit of lava, which yeah, they all which, have to contend with. Which, which kills the baby. Um, causing Syl to lose her mind. Yeah, Syl loses her mind and attacks. And long and short of it, Syl gets a grenade launcher to the face and makes her head explode. She does, she does. But before she does, she bounds about a bit and she looks dreadful. <laughs> yeah, I skimmed over that because I was trying not to not to draw attention to the, I don't know, almost like Sonic Pinball levels of graphics as she bounces around this room, jumping from pipes to walls and crawling around. It's it's bad. Yeah, do you remember that TV program with like anamorphics or anamorphs or something like that, where like the yes. people like turned into like animals and things, and they had like the weird CGI. Anim- it looked like that level of like nineties children's TV shows, and I don't ever remember it looking this bad when I always used to watch this film. And it didn't look these elements of it that look terrible, where she's jumping from like rock to rock, but then when she's within close encounter of the characters and stuff that looks all right like that was digestible enough i thought but there's a lot of elements about it that look terrible i'll be honest yeah uh, the final scene of this we see them sort of all have a hug because they survived happy days uh, we see a rat eating one of the tentacles and then it mutates into an alien rat and uses its super long tongue to eat another rat yeah which i could have done without that if i'm honest yeah, but I expected it. It's the 90s. They always like to leave movies on these levels of cliffhangers. They're all the same. It reminded me of like that Godzilla remake with Matthew Broderick, where you get that final <laughs> early, that final Godzilla reveal at the end. Yeah. Uh, the little baby Godzilla. It was like that moment. I, I haven't I'm... seen any of the sequels to this, so I don't know how part two picks back up, but I know Natasha Hendricks is back for the second one. She is. She's. Yeah, I think she plays Eve in the second one. Oh, so it's a different character completely. It's not Syl returning then. No. Uh, from memory, she plays Eve, and that is a different character who just looks the same. Right. Because I think is the third one, Awakening, is played by a different character. I mean, yeah. she's in the third one. I can't remember how many of these movies there is, but I know one of them. I think the last one was played by somebody different. Okay. Well, uh, that's that. Let's take a break. Videotasis is the ultimate YouTube channel for movie fans. Whether action movies are your thing, or you like a romantic comedy, Videotasis has you covered. With regular live watch-along parties, top 10 countdowns, and reviews, and so much more. Not to mention, Videotasis also showcases his very extensive VHS collection for you all to enjoy. This is an account that must not be missed, and is an absolute must for any movie fans. Go check them out at urunpodcast.com. So make sure you go and check out Video Tastes. Also, all the other network members at urunpodcast.com. Uh, we've just added two new members to the network. So we've now got the Girl and the Gay podcast has officially come on board and the Horror Friendly podcast as well. So go and check those out as well. Uh, should we do some three-word reviews? Let's please. Uh, let's please. Th- yes, please. Let's, <laughs> let's please. Let's please. Um, I'm really struggling to speak tonight. I don't know what's going on. Pe- people had scope with this movie. I would I would like to say that the You Run podcast does not necessarily endorse or agree with any of the three word reviews that appear on this show. <laughs> Let's start with threads. Uh, Ara's uh, Ara are breeds story. Pause button rocks. 
<laughs> they're a writer. Uh, over on Slasher, Oh My Guts, uh, Natasha Hendridge Rules, and they're a mask creator and merch store. Uh, over on X, Dean Ad Adlington, Naked Sex Alien, that's a YouTuber, uh, FT138, Boobies, 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 and they're a nice. horror account. Uh, Derek Eyeball Soup Griffin, Alien Sex Fiend, and they're a horror account. Uh, Instagram took the, the biscuit this week. They're, they really, really, really come out in force. Uh, the Random Horror Show, Naked Alien Chick, and they're a horror podcast. Uh, your nemesis, Randomly Eric, um, he ran out of lotion. <laughs> they're a book account uh we've got bj mumbo uh pants are off and they're a youtuber uh we've got romeo tutor not enough credit and they're a podcaster uh nerdy dad 42 42 42 a lot of confused boners and they're an aspiring filmmaker <laughs> uh we've got <laughs> we've got creature pod which is chunky larry um so much jizz <sighs> <laughs> they're a, a tiktok account and a, a very good podcaster and finally we got tashita one who won three reasons i'm by and they are a horror fan account excellent <laughs> uh which is your favorite this week we've not asked for your favorite for a couple of weeks uh, as much as i would like to go with something silly i'm gonna go with not enough credit i think that this is a very underrated movie and I don't think it gets the respect that it deserves. So I think that's the most apt three word review this week. We don't always have to be funny guys. Sometimes we can just be factual. Yeah. Uh, my favorite one is creature pod. So much jizz. Okay. Anyway, gonna funny, I'm going to go boobies, boobies, boobies. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, TikTok talks. Um, we have a TikTok talk. This comes through from a TikTok account called tragic Ra, um, And this is what, she had to say about this movie i remember when this movie came out i remember the hype that it got i remember that it was up for mtv's movie awards best kiss if you know you know <laughs> my <laughs> one actually oh please oh please i'll be damned it did <laughs> so i grew up in a very sci-fi fantasy and horror household so most movies that had anything to do with aliens i was watching sill was something super special because she was almost like a femme fatale alien i love this movie so much because it's it's totally 90s era sci-fi paranoia at its finest secret government conspiracy to hide the fact that we have aliens we're gonna throw together a team to hunt said alien before men in black by the way we're gonna throw a badass like Michael Madsen in the mix, and for some weird reason, Forrest Whitaker is a weepy psychic or something. Gandhi shows up and is in charge of the government cover-up. I do love the cast. <laughs> this could very easily be considered a B-rated creature feature, um, but in my opinion, I always liked the story, I like the special effects, and... It's a pretty sexy sci-fi horror-slash-erotic thriller. I will say that my favorite character is Syl. Um... Yes, super sexy alien driven to mate and all that stuff, but they threw obstacles at that character and she had to adapt. You can be sexy all day long, but sometimes you need to be clever and sexy. I thoroughly enjoy this movie and I love the second one as well, so glad you brought this one up. Thanks, bud. Have a great day. Wow, that was cool. 
The Excellent editing gave voice. me a bit of a seizure, but yeah, she's a quite cool person. <laughs> Tragic Ra's account is amazing. The way she moves the camera, I would argue, is unique to her account on TikTok only. Yeah, that was cool, man. I could slowly feel myself being like that. <laughs> but yeah, that was great. <laughs> uh, super cool account. Uh, the link to Tragic Ra is in the episode description. So if you want to go and give her a follow, go and click on that. Um, get your notes ready. Oh, One, two, three, four. It's that time of the week. Time for Mark to recommend an account. Yay! Yay! Um, this week's recommended account is Flashback 90s. Flashback 90s is obviously an Instagram account because we know I go nowhere else. This is a meme-based account that showcases all things 90s nostalgia in very, very funny ways. If you follow me on my VHS page, the chances are you will have probably seen most of this stuff because I share it continuously to my stories. Um with these movies being 90s and holding such a nostalgic element for me, I figured it was appropriate to go for something 90s themed with my recommendation. And if you are a 90s fan as much as I am, you will get a lot of benefit from checking out this stuff. It's really cool. It brings back a lot of nostalgia elements and flashbacks to stuff that you had as kids or growing up with and things that bring a warm sense of love and joy within your heart. So check them out on Instagram. That is flashback90s. They are a meme-based account. And as always, let them know that the Urine Podcast sent you there. Yeah, that, that account sounds... I love 90s nostalgia accounts. Yeah. I, I I really... Like, genuinely, they're... They... Oh. they... I'm touching myself tonight. <laughs> Fuck's sake. They make me do that. Um, <laughs> let's do some facts. Uh this is one of the few movies that Michael Madsen claims he is particularly proud of. Um, he said that he said that he is guilty in his career of doing things just for a paycheck, and this is one of the few movies that he done for a paycheck and is actually really proud of the end result. Yeah, I have to feel like there is a lot of them in here. <clears throat> Excuse me, that were in here because they were offered substantial amounts of money to be part of it. Yeah. But then got to the end of it and was like, actually, that was pretty fucking cool. Because this was a yeah. big hit in the 90s. Oh, massive smash hit. The, the poster for Species was everywhere. Like, yeah. Everywhere. Bus stops. Yeah, everywhere. Um, you know the really like sexually charged sex scene between Michael Madsen and Marg Hamburger? Um, completely improvised. The director said, do what feels natural. And again, we talked about it. It was the most natural way of portraying it. I thought that was so cool. And the fact that that was improvised is amazing. Yeah, the fact that it's improvised, that you know she she performs oral sex first. Yeah. What a star. It's just a clumsy approach to sex that is so natural. And I just, I like that approach to it. And it translated well for me. I thought, that's cool. I have um, moves, by the way, guys. I do have moves. It's just, <laughs> out of 10, they're probably more clumsier than that. <laughs> I'm glad one of us has moves. I don't have moves. <laughs> uh, ben Kingsley is hes a well-respected actor and is treated a certain way on set. And one of the things he has on set is a special chair. And he's very protective over his chair and who sits in it and where it is and all that kind of thing. Uh, Michael Madsen thought this was fucking hilarious. So would do things deliberately to, like, 
torment him with his chair like hanging it from the production crane outside or tipping garbage on it as soon as as soon as ben kingsley got up uh, and to the point that ben kingsley when you listen to the audio commentary for this ben kingsley's like genuinely like he got to the point where i came close to violence <laughs> Gandhi nearly pulled off his flip-flop. <laughs> he did. Um, we nearly got a completely different character instead of Ben's Kingsley. We nearly got Pierce Brosnan in that role. I think that would have worked. Pierce only... Brosnan's an excellent actor and he's very versatile. I think he could have pulled this off. The only reason he didn't do it is because it clashed with filming for Goldeneye. Ah, oh, that's a shame. I think I would have preferred him actually in this role. Ben Kingsley's great, don't get me wrong. But He's very Marmite as an actor, I find. How about Arnie replacing Michael Madsen? Because he was attached to the project originally. That doesn't surprise me at all. Some of the one-liners and stuff that Michaelson gives throughout this, I was like, yeah, they were written for Arnie. Yeah, and do you know why Arnie dropped out? He dropped out when he realised the budget was not big enough to sustain him. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine if he was attached, though? Then again, this would have just cast shadow upon his performance in Predator. I think they're very similar movies. Yeah, very similar. Um, Alfred Molina, um, the sex scene he has with Natasha Hendridge, um, she was quite nervous because it's the first time she'd done a sex scene like that ever. Uh, Molina apparently lightened the mood by making jokes and saying that it's the first time he'd done it as well. And it's clearly not. He'd done it in Pick Up Your Ears in 1987 and in several TV shows as well. But he was trying to make her feel happier and more relaxed about it, which I thought was quite cool. Um, (laughs) So, you know, when Syl is born from the cocoon? Yeah. When she goes from being young girl Syl to hot Syl. How they'd done this was that was filmed upside down because they wanted the fall to be genuine. Right. And behind that cocoon is just an open set. So Natasha Henridge was completely naked, covered from head to toe in KY jelly, and then four stagehands forced her through the cocoon. Oh, my God. It sounds horrific. It sounds horrendous, man. Like, the poor woman, what she must have had to endure throughout this film. One thing that flashes back to me then is that scene where she's like, it was all about a hid behind the bush completely naked. Yeah. Like there is moving traffic behind her and stuff while she's filming that scene, and she's just running around. I'm naked. amazed there wasn't a car crash behind her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the kiss, so the tongue through the back of the head, was meant to be much bigger. Um, so H.R. Geiger basically wanted to use something that they were going to use in Alien but they didn't. And the idea was that the tongue was going to go in and down through his body and then barbed spikes were going to basically protrude out of everywhere. And it was basically going to tear him to pieces as she pulled it back through. Um, The studio rejected it after it being shot because they didn't want to get an X rating. Oh, so it actually exists out there somewhere. Actually exists. I've searched everywhere for it. I cannot find it. It'd be like one of them things with Event Horizon. Event Horizon, man. I need to find the uncut version of Event Horizon. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, but that's our facts this week. Uh, I think it's time we whip out our game. <laughs> man, you and your puns need to stop. They really Yeah. Do. And do you know the best bit? There's a thing about this game that catches people off guard every time. It's caught 
Jim's Retro Emporium. It caught him when he was in the um, post office. It's caught numerous people when they're sat in their cars. And it is the music to this game. And I've got I've done away with the music, so you don't have to worry about that. So instead, we're going to play That's Not My Porno. <laughs> That is, is that now what the it's new like music. every time? That's the first time I've heard that. No, that's not what it's like every time. That's what it's like this time. I've just I've taken away all the nice music behind it, so it just sounds like you're listening to porn. Sorry. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> um, so this is a game where I give Mark the name of a porno movie, and he needs to tell me if it's actually a porno or if I made it up. Now, previously we've done horror movie parodies. We've done trans porno video movie parodies. Um, today we're doing porno parodies of sci-fi movies. So I'm going to give you the name of a sci-fi porn parody, and you're going to tell me whether it's a actual movie or if I made it up. And again, today I am going to prove that I should be making names for pornos. The thing is with this game, though, like <clears throat> if I'm really good at this game, it makes me look like an absolute pervert. Yeah. So there's no win-win for me here. It's a win-win for the listeners, though. Uh, uh, the first one, Flesh Gordon. That is real. I know that is real. I don't can't tell you how I know that is real, but I know that is real. <laughs> that is real. Uh, this ain't Avatar, Triple X. I'm going to say that's real, but I'm only basing that on the fact that that sounds too simple for you to... You would be more creative, I think, with a title. That is real, and there is an entire series of that ain't insert sci-fi name here, triple X. Oh, really? Yeah, there's like 30 of them, so I've only done one of those. Uh, next one, Inner Stella. <laughs> I feel like that's you. That's got to be you. That is 100% me. <laughs> uh, Quantum Deep. What's that in reference to? Uh, Quantum Leap, TV oh. series from the 1990s. Real. It is real. Um, and when I saw that was real, I had to go and find out what it was. And it's literally like Quantum Leap. But every time they jump time, they jump into another sexual situation in a different time period. Lots of costumes. Alien Big Erection. Alien Big Erection. Again, I feel like you could do something more creative than Alien Big Erection, so I'm going to say that that one's real. No, that one's fake. I made that one up. Oh, dude. Well, you let yourself down then, haven't you? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Sex Wars. Yeah, that's real. Surely to God. <laughs> that, that is real. Uh, it's got the same cover as Star Wars as well, just they've used their own characters. Like, you remember the original like 1970s Star Wars cover with Luke Skywalker holding the lightsaber up? It's that, but a dildo. I was going to say, if it's not a dildo, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Starship Poopers. Starship Poopers. <laughs> that sounds more like a spoof movie than it does a porno movie. I'm going to say not real. That's not real. Uh, the Load Warriors. As in Road Warriors. Well, yeah, the Load Warriors, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say real. That that is real. Uh, 
2069, A Sex Odyssey. Um, yeah, real. No, it's not. That one's fun. No, that one is real. I'm kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, if that was you, mate, then well done. That was amazing. <laughs> uh, District 69. No, that's got to be you. Only just based on the fact that we did that a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> That that is me, but that would be a great name for a porno movie. It would be, it would be. Uh, and the last one, Ready Porno One. As in Ready Player One. Yeah, I kind of want this to be real because I've seen Ready Player One, and that's an amazing film. And they could do some amazing things with that porn parody. <laughs> they really could, could they? <laughs> <laughs> you've got Pokemon, you've got Zelda, you've got Mario, you've got Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> You've got all the horror characters. Oh, yeah, Chucky and everything's in that. That's a yeah. cool little film, actually. Was that Spielberg? Yeah. I'm guessing the porn parody version was not Spielberg. <laughs> well, that's if the porn parody is real. Uh, I want to say real. It's not. That's one of mine. Oh, again, bravo, sir. Well done. Yeah. So, like I said, any porn studios out there who just want me to come up with names of porn parodies for them to go and make, I've got an entire collection of these. We could play this game forever. When you said it was coming back, I was like, surely we are done now. <laughs> no, no, like the thing is, the more I've looked, the more we've played this game, the more I've looked at unsolicited porn on the work computer. And the more I've realized <laughs> that there's this entire genre of like, Porn parodies. There's porn parodies of TV series, porn parodies of like pick anything in media. There's porn. There's porn parodies of music albums. Wow. Yeah. Where they've but it's got an industry, man. It's like a multi-billion-dollar industry. Yeah, sex sells. This movie is case in point, <laughs> which blows my mind. Given the fact that internet porn is so freely available these days, how do they make money? by selling the DVDs and the digital copies that yeah, people, people want... have got it for free now. Why do you need to pay for it if it's for free? Because people want to see these, that people look at these as like pieces of art. They want to see the Star Wars, that people want to see the Star Wars sex story. And they'll you can watch get it... it for free on the internet. No, lots of these you won't find for free. You'll have to pay for them. They're behind paywalls. Oh, Patreons. <laughs> <laughs> no proper websites but like amazon prime but for porn oh <laughs> these these play i've learned so much what since we've been playing this game uh, anyway i'm gonna i'm gonna let you round this one up first um i'll keep it brief this week i know i say that all the time but i'm gonna keep this one brief um i think species is a fantastic 90s sci-fi action horror romp it's wild it's wacky it's over the top but it's engaging it's very well paced it's very well cast especially when you take into consideration the casting from michelle williams who played the young sill to the transition into natasha hendricks who played the older sill i thought that yeah. was incredible casting from the two especially considering michelle williams's first role was in this movie before she went on to Dawson's Creek and all the rest of it and Halloween Oh, H2O. that's how I know her. Yeah, that's what I know Halloween her from. H2O. It's Michelle Yeah, yeah ah, she's okay. fantastic. So she transitioned from this. This was her first role. And I thought the, the casting between the two was really, really good. It would be 
difficult to pick fault between that. A lot of times in films where you have young actors and then you flash forward to the older actor, it's really, you have to just make that logical leap in your mind. But I found this one to be one of the most solid ones there is out there. Um, CGI is very wonky in places, but I think that's more a product of its time. As we've discussed on this episode, I think when I first watched this many, many moons ago that I found it to be the peak of what was achievable and I thought it was fantastic back in the day and yeah boobs yeah four out of five <laughs> and stupidly I'm just looking at our backdrop now that we've got for this episode if you're watching on YouTube or on Spotify and I don't know whether I'm going to get that backdrop past the algorithm on YouTube or Spotify yeah surely that's just ripples in water is it not yeah i I think i i I may have to dispute that with youtube for a while but we'll see (laughs) anyway four out of five is a good score for this um is this the quality of alien no absolutely not um does it mean i enjoy it any less no yeah it kind of does i don't enjoy it as much no i was gonna say i don't know why i said yes because no it's not alien Um, standard but this movie's great. The casting is fabulous. And lots of these weren't huge stars when this was cast. And if you look at this as almost like a, a catalyst for these people's careers, what they went on and done afterwards, like this is pre, uh, this is pre everything that's of note for Forrest Whitaker. It's yeah. pre everything of note for Hamburger and pretty much for Kingsley as well. Like obviously he'd done stuff before this, but the this movie was like a kick up the ass for all of their careers. Michael Madsen, especially. Had he done Reservoir Dogs before this? I don't think Reservoir Dogs was out prior. Uh, when was Reservoir? I'm going to have to and check. Both of us just picking our phones up at the same time. Yeah. I, so this is some... 95. So Reservoir Dogs was. Something tells me Reservoir Dogs may have been before. 92, yeah, three years before. Yeah. Yeah, but again, Reservoir Dogs wasn't really about him. He had one scene in Reservoir Dogs that's memorable and everything else around it was other characters. Yeah. Um, The effects are pretty solid in this, apart from the one or two moments. Like, everything that they can contain on a human being works as soon as they try to create something that's physically not there like when they're morphing bodies and stuff that all looks great but when they create something that comes off the body be it a tentacle or whatever uh, like a thing that whips out and get that looks shocking and it does look shocking but it doesn't look that bad i don't think i still no, think it's pretty i don't know I, it's hard to I say would, really i would put the cgi for this in the same box that i put the cgi for event horizon like some of it looks amazing and then other bits like in event horizon where you've got stuff free floating through the ship looks fucking oh, terrible gravity war when he, when he goes oh, yeah 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 I don't yeah exactly so i, I put it in the same boat as that there's no real negatives for this for me no. there's nothing in here that i go oh that's really bad or i hate that um it's just a b movie sex alien action movie with yeah. horror elements and with probably the best boobs in the 90s on display yep. what's what's not to like uh, i'm gonna poll number two Th- this could be a new series for us i think i would like to do number two because it's not one of those films like i think the first one is so iconic and nostalgic that i love it for what it is but it doesn't 
entice me enough to go on and explore the sequels. I think like this wraps up in a very nice, well-rounded arc for it yeah. not to need to go any further. But I am curious to do it. We'll sling two and a pole backing. Yeah, I think that would be yeah. fair. I think put yeah. two and a we'll, pole and see where it goes. We'll, we'll get two and a pole later this year and see if we can see if we can get some more naked sex alien. <laughs> uh, this is a three point five out of five for me. It's 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 good. It's not great. Um, that's all we've got for this week. Uh, we're going to be back next week with our new episode, which is A24 Love Week. Um, I can't tell you what we're doing because as we're recording this right now, the final of that is happening. And it's between Midsummer or Hereditary, or if that is a tie, which is there's a good chance that may tie, I have a wild card A24 movie that I'm going to throw in instead. Brilliant. I hope it's not Midsummer. I can't do another three hours of that. I will just sit here in a mood all episode if I have to watch that film again. Do you know, Midsummer is my least favourite A24. It is... No, I'm not going to say it now. I'm going to save it. If we get Midsummer, you are going to have a very grumpy Mark and you're going to have a very grumpy me. And I'm going to make lots of references to how the Wicker Man from 1974 is infinitely better. Yeah, and I love Florence Pugh. I think she is fucking outstanding in all elements of life. I love her dearly, and she is great in that movie, but I cannot bide watching that film again. And I love Hereditary, so if we watch Hereditary, you'll get lots of gushing, or you're going to get lots of moaning. So The stupid thing is that but it doesn't matter because when this episode goes out, we'll have already, <laughs> already, record, we'll have already recorded whatever episode we're getting. Um, it's already I'm, done. I'm hoping for a wild card because I have got an A24 movie up my sleeve that you will make the biggest sigh noise ever. Just go, oh. I don't know what that is either, by the way, guys. I don't know no. what he's playing at. Usually um, nine times out of ten, I know what we're recording a couple of days before I jump on and record. <laughs> yeah. Um, but until next time, thank you very much for listening. Have a wonderful week and make sure you go and like, comment, subscribe. Leave us a five-star review. Like, like really leave us a five-star review. It really, really helps. Um, until next time, we'll see you later. Cheers, guys. See you next week. <laughs> That's really embarrassing. I've lost the outro. Uh, right, we will see you next week. I'm just Bye. doing a weird neck crick all on my yeah, own. Yeah, we're, we're both rolling credits. <laughs> Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. The You Run Podcast. The You Run Podcast. You want to die tonight? Scott, I think you know who the fuck this is that's talking. Cancel Mark. I was terribly offended. Because after all, this is not our show. This is your show.